Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida, it's time for Pensacola Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Keith over here, broadcasting live. It is uh, November 17th, and we are celebrating um, Diabetes Month as of as of yesterday. National Diabetes Month, yeah. Keith. Yes. Yeah, that, that you single-handedly... Got this done. I, well, I'm thank you, Keith, but it was your help, too. And we want to thank uh, Jeff uh, for bringing on uh, Medtronics as yeah. our sponsor. Yeah, so I ha- I'm surrounded by the table by a bunch of uh, experts on diabetes. And so um, without further ado, I'm really going to let them introduce themselves and talk because I don't know as much as they do. So um, by all means, Jeff, if you would go first, that'd be great. Yeah, so my name is Jeff Black, and I am the local Medtronic diabetes representative. And I work closely with the... Uh, following guests and let them introduce themselves. <laughs> okay. I'm uh, Dr. Vishnu Bihari. I'm a local doctor and an endocrinologist, and I own and operate and CEO of the Diabetes and Endocrine Center of Pensacola. Welcome. Thank you. Hi, I'm Donna Ryan. I am a certified diabetes educator and a registered nurse as well as a registered dietitian. Wow, you you got bored, didn't you? <laughs> I'm ahead, Stanley Sam. Harper, and I'm a diabetes advocate. And last uh, just uh, yesterday, I reached 39 years of volunteering yeah, for the Amer- American Diabetes Association. Congratulations! So, and I'd like to also thank uh, Mayor Hayward. Yeah, he also did a proclamation for us for uh, American Di- for the uh, Diabetes Month. Mm-hmm. And so this is a great for Pensacola to be involved in diabetes, uh, if it's not through research, education, and just uh, reaching out to diabetics that might need help in the community. Yeah. And uh, uh, another good thing that happened yesterday, we just found out about it. We want to thank Governor Rick Scott. Yep. He just uh, signed the proclamation for making Diabetes Month in the state of Florida. And Which that, is no easy task, by the no, way. No, it is not. Yeah. I've been working for about three weeks yeah. on that pretty heavily. So what does it take to to get a proclamation to be a proclamation? A lot of letter writing, a lot of phone calls, mm-hmm. and a lot of emails. Yeah, yeah. yeah a whole probably, lot. probably a couple hours a day. Yeah. Yes. Well, good job, man. This but, is awesome. Thank you. And we're going to send this back to Sacred Heart Diabetes Education Center yeah. with Donna Ryan to... Uh, since it's in the city of Pensacola, and for her coming out to be with us as a guest today. All right. So you got to put it front and center. Yes. So it gets lots of exposure. We are Ascension Health uh, Services, and we have four hospitals across the Gulf Coast, Sacred Heart here in Pensacola. And we work um, intimately with the diabetes community, um, the physicians, and uh, and Medtronics. And we're very thankful for Stanley to have a patient advocate with the enthusiasm and dedication that he has. In that's the a good word, really, enthusiasm. Yeah. <laughs> unwavering. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Unwavering enthusiasm. Very good. I think I work for Keith now. I'm keeping him so busy. This is I'll my fourth what, production with him since uh, August, I, I think. I am nervous to see the invoice when I get it. <laughs> um, okay, so for those that, let's just, let's get right into it. Like, what do what do we need to know as a general public about diabetes? What do we need to know for those that have diabetes? I mean, what's Give me the scoop. That's you. <laughs> okay, you in the hot seat. Um, well, uh, diabetes is uh, a disease that's defined by blood sugar levels, but it ha- en- encompasses a syndrome of cardiovascular disease, which is the 
reason why it's in the forefront today, because cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of, or one of the leading causes of death, apart from cancer in this, uh, in the world today, and especially in the United States. And it seems to have been in epidemic proportions in the last 30 years or so. And maybe prior to that, uh, we've just, uh, brought it to recognition in the last 30 years. And it seems to be accompanied by uh, an epidemic of obesity and maybe excesses in our society today. And maybe the, uh, the, the spurge of the internet and media and uh, cell phone technology where kids are not exercising as much. Yeah. So there's that inertia that fosters uh, uh, uh slow metabolism and obesity. And so following the obesity epidemic is this diabetes epidemic. So it's, it doesn't have to be genetic. You, anybody can have it or get it. Yeah, there seems to be a preponderance of uh, uh, opinion out there that it has a genetic basis, but that dates back to a long time ago when uh, in times of uh need and depression when there was a lack of food. Mm -hmm. The people who emerged from that time of depression and lack of food were the people who were able to conserve energy in fat stores in their body, the so-called thrifty gene theory. The people who had thrifty genes survived the depression, and now we're their descendants. And so now, in times of plenty, we store that and we develop body fat, and insulin resistance that leads to diabetes. So what saved them backfired on us. <laughs> exactly. Really, Great. Thanks, uh, mom and dad. <laughs> we're really good at storing fat. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, and I guess the, it, the other thing too, and I, I know this just from working out and stuff, but if you don't eat regularly, then your, your body thinks it's not going to get another meal. Right. And so the first thing you do is store everything that you eat. So I get it. Um, what got you into, to practicing for diabetes? Well, I, I come from a long line of diabetics. Uh, my father's family, 100% of them are diabetics, and my mother's family also as well. But that I, it just fell into my lap. I got interested in it in medical school, and uh, I developed diabetes later in life. And so one thing led to another, and I... Uh, before I knew it, I was an endocrinologist. Before you knew it. <laughs> you started at 19, you said. I started at age 19 in medical school, and I uh, started my pra my first practice at age 35. So that's how many years it took me to train to become an endocrinologist. Wow. Well. I made geez. some stops along the way. Yeah. <laughs> so you got more than I do. Um, and then it, it, what is Sacred Heart? Where do they fall into the to the diabetes stuff around in, in town here? Um. Sacred Heart, which is a part of Ascension, has a national focus on diabetes and prediabetes. It's it's one of our our um, um, one of our initiatives because we know that it's an epidemic and it's growing. And Sacred Heart Pensacola, as well as Emerald Coast and the Gulf, and mm -hmm. um, over in Providence, we have American Association um, of Diabetes Educator and American Diabetes Association programs. So we provide evidence based, meaning um, trusted and true. Um, classes and one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one education for um, people with diabetes yeah. to help them control it. We teach classes to help prevent diabetes. That's a it, it's a it is preventable for the type two diabetes, and we provide those classes as well as quite a bit of technology for people with diabetes to help them control their diabetes with devices such as insulin pumps or 
um, the sensors that read mm-hmm. the blood sugars. Okay, so what's the difference between type 1 and type 2? That's a very good question. Would you... Um, <laughs> okay, I feel that. Um, so uh, traditionally, diabetes was classified as type 1 or type 2 based on an autoimmune basis. So type 1 diabetes has an autoimmune disease it's an autoimmune disease in which mm-hmm. the pancreas is destroyed by antibodies that you form in response to an infection that you get. And then the pancreas is destroyed in a, a self-destructive process, almost like a rejection of a gland. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the pancreas dies or s- certain cells that make insulin in the pancreas die. And that causes a deficiency of insulin. Type 2 diabetic is a different disease in which it's defined by the same numbers in terms of blood sugar, Mm -hmm. but the mechanism is insulin resistance in which your insulin does not work as well, and therefore you have a relative deficiency of insulin. So that's the main difference between type 1 and type 2 diabetes is one is an absolute deficiency of insulin. Mm -hmm. The other one is a a relative deficiency of insulin in people who are endogenously insulin resistant. Is treatment the same? Uh, it, there, there are some similarities in treatment, but most type 1 diabetics um, present in early life, in childhood, and, so, and, and that's only treatable by insulin. Type 2 diabetes is a different disease, and sometimes it's treated with diet and exercise to start with. And then some oral medication that may target certain aspects of insulin resistance or insulin deficiency. And a lot of our type 2 diabetics eventually end up in insulin. So use of insulin doesn't define whether you're a type 1 or a type 2. Yeah. So and this may put everybody here on the spot a little bit, I think. But as, as advanced as we are in technology and stuff, why haven't we cured this? Well, whoever does, <laughs> you hear the crickets chirp. <laughs> <laughs> well, whoever does will get the Nobel Prize. We're yeah. very, very close in our um, um, in the research that's going on for type one diabetes, mm-hmm. and and um, there's some really innovative research projects out there that have gotten some great results with type two diabetes. It's a little, I think, um, a, a little tougher because mm-hmm. it is so much tied to lifestyle and. As Dr. Behari so said, in obesity, and so we ha- we have multiple problems uh, with with um, curing type two yeah. diabetes right now. But the day is coming, and this is what we tell patients: is is um, they never give up hope that there is a lot of technology out there. Um, going for the cure or, um, is uh, a goal of 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 many um, many of our institutions and researchers. But going for control is what we really are yeah. controlling those blood sugars so that they don't cause the the long-term problems or the short-term problems of diabetes. And so if you get it, can you get rid of it? Uh, well, t- uh, type 2 diabetes, um, there are some theories that says that you can improve it. The only thing that's really uh, proven to cure type 2 diabetes has been gastric bypass in people who are not necessarily morbidly obese. Right. And so, uh, yes, there are some aspects of diabetes that you can get rid of, but for today's lesson to everybody is that we we treat it. We have not found the cures yet. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, we were talking about technology. I see in your notes here something about an artificial pancreas. 
Yes. So that's been in the news recently. And what we have so far, and uh, the Medtronic people can tell us a little bit about that, but uh, indeed, um, the artificial pancreas is simply an insulin pump and a glucose, a continuous glucose sensor that works hand in hand, much like a pancreas in a closed loop fashion. But for uh, reasons that we'll explain later, um, what we have is a hybrid pancreas. It's not a total uh, artificial pancreas that works independently of you. Yeah. So, so go ahead. There is some uh, research being done, Keith. I, Dr. Gu at the University of North Carolina uh, is working on a patch device. And this is part of this new wearable technology that's coming right. about in the future. Uh, and that patch it, he is working on is supposed to try to mimic the pancreas on the outside of the skin. Right. Uh, and the little uh, needles inside will hold the insulin or the glucagon to so and also monitor the blood sugar at the same time and know when to release that insulin or not release the insulin into the body. It's amazing. This is new technology. Uh, some companies, our technology companies like J-Bill, mm-hmm. uh, Radius, mm-hmm. these companies are building the sensors, uh, like the University of Texas last year came out with a sensor that is non-invasive. Uh, there's still work being done because there's influences sure. on it out to a sweat, whatever, and everybody's different. But these technologies really in the last 10 years has really changed the diabetes sure. lifestyle, especially for the type one. Sure. Well, and, I've seen supplements and all kinds of stuff being delivered through patch. Well, they're already saying by 2024, the uh, medical device uh, or diabetes device market will reach 20, $35.5 billion. Wow. So that's the reason you see a lot of new startup companies jumping into this market now. Yeah, so you're seeing the technology change quick. Yeah, yes. Very quick. So, uh, uh are you able to chime in here for Medtronic? Yes. So just a little bit about Medtronic's artificial pancreas, which right now is the only one that is on the market. Um, it is for insulin taking patients. So that's the basic requirement that you have to be on more than, uh, three or more shots a day. So that's a requirement for, okay. which is, a, that's a lot, right? It just, that's what's what they need. It's yeah. whatever, you know, some patients, Dr. Bahari, and you have patients on six, seven shots a day. Yeah, so basically to avoid uh, having to take several shots a day, they've developed this artificial pancreas technology, which is basically pump technology that's been around for 30 years plus and has come to the point where now the computer and the pumps can be integrated with a sensor in a, in a, in a true uh, time fashion in which your pump can uh, be upgraded mm-hmm. in terms of its uh, amount of <clears throat> insulin delivery on a minute-to-minute or five-minute-to-minute basis to basically lower or increase blood sugar depending on what's happening in real time. Yeah. <clears throat> so I just didn't know. I didn't know how many was a lot and how many is a little. No. So they. Um, so in line with that, so it gives patients more freedom because if you look at diabetes, you know, when you have diabetes. You have it with you all the time yeah. you take it with yeah. you. So if you're insulin taking, uh, when you go somewhere, when you leave the house, yeah, you're still diabetic. When you, if you're, if your blood sugars are, they're doing what they're doing, regardless of what you're doing, and right. they're doing their own things. So right. 
this technology allows you to know that, to have a better understanding of that without side of pricking the normal, pricking your finger, mm -hmm. injecting your insulin. Allows you some freedom in that. People can go to restaurants and instead of having to take the time away from the table mm -hmm. to prick their fingers uh, and then give their insulin, sometimes they don't want to do that. So they will in turn not do that right. to cause a rise in their blood sugars. They're allowed to maybe just take a quick look down without anyone noticing. They can see what their sugars are. Wow. All these types of things. So that allows a lot more freedom. And then, of course, I'll let Dr. Bahari talk about the patients that he has, but the, the, what we've seen nationally so far is that uh, we're doing this, you know, a big fear of this is hypoglycemia, and we are accomplishing these improvements, you know, usually measured in A1C reduction. That's one right. way that Dr. Mahari looks at it, but we're getting good reductions in that with low risk. And I'll let him talk about his patients. That's the key, low risk. Low risk. You know, <laughs> so we're getting yeah. good outcomes with yeah. very low risk. Yeah, very good. Yeah, so uh, one of the things that uh, uh, artificial pancreas technology has brought uh, to uh, diabetic patients is safety issues. Um, driving a car, for example, you're supposed to know what your blood sugar is if you use insulin uh, before you start before you, the yeah. ignition. It's yeah. like driving drunk. And so I, uh, I, we welcome this type of technology where the patient can simply look down at their pump or in some cases it's a smart watch see what their blood sugar is before they drive. And artificial pancreas technology allows that patient that freedom so that they don't even have to look. The computer will be doing the looking for them and shutting down the pump at the right time when their blood sugars are falling or in a dangerously low range. And I'm, I'm guessing you can capture all the data from this too, right? So you can see where they're fluctuating throughout the day and, and how their patterns are. Of course. And it's a continuous, uh, uh, change in, because everybody's life is different. Sure. And their activity is different. So today is different from tomorrow. And so the great thing about this technology is you can go back and retrospect and look at their, uh, pump download and then tweak it to match their lifestyle. Yeah. It sounds like you, you're turning it to from being reactive to start being proactive. Exactly. Yeah. Very cool. And I'm guessing that, that this is all something that's very familiar to Sacred Heart, and this is all something that's going on now. You have patients with this technology? Yes, yes. we have about uh, 30 active patients already on the artificial pancreas, and probably the largest uh, population in, in this part of the Gulf Coast. And they're doing wonderful. They're doing great. And uh, like I said, we're constantly tweaking them to get a better control because like everything, it's a learning curve. And these patients are learning it as much as we are. Yeah. And so, um, it's, it's a great, um, learning, uh, exercise for us. And, um, more and more patients are coming to us and asking about it yeah. so that we're not just, uh, prescribing it for patients. We get questions all the time. And so the population of patients on pumps and artificial pancreas are rapidly growing now that there's better coverage from insurance companies that they're covering this yeah. technology. So do they come in going, I read on WebMD last night that, that we get, that I can have a, an artificial pancreas? Is that how it goes? Yes, you can have it, but <laughs> there is such a great demand that sometimes the demand, uh, outweighs the market. Sure. And so, uh, people like Medtronic are stepping up, uh, their production to meet, to match the market. Yeah. And you guys are the only producer right now? We are. We're the only one. And, uh, uh, now and the only one the foreseeable future. Yeah. But the key here is to, 
to think about it, not only, of course, from the Medtronic, but from the diabetes world, how this changes people's lives. We see this. We yeah. hear it. You know, they hear it. Donna will hear it. Dr. Bahari will hear it. Just by giving them a choice, a light, just giving right. them some hope yeah. in a very dark tunnel sometimes. Yeah, it's a new solution. Yeah, it's just a very good solution. And that's what I think excites everybody. That's why you get so much attention drawn to this in particular. Yeah. Because for the first time in a long time, Something least, other than a shot and pricking my finger. Well, right? we just see, you know, we've had in some pumps around, but, and we are a big part of that, but see a real actual step forward right. in this, this area. And I think that people are really excited about it. Very cool. And what, what we're seeing at Sacred Heart, um, the patients that are using this technology are having blood sugars as close to the non diabetes range as they've ever had before. And mm-hmm. they are humbled and awed that their blood sugars have stayed in a steady range without um, the the roller coaster spikes that they yeah. had been used to before. And it's life-changing. Yeah. The anxiety level, the diabetes distress level, um, they they are beginning to enjoy more of a less stressful, less anxious life about their, uh, about their diabetes because of this technology. It, it's also life-saving because we've all seen and had patients that have had um, uh, very low blood sugars and yeah. may or may not have been able to bounce back from yeah. them and uh this is putting an end to that this is giving some some um some uh, control control yeah. and, and uh um just control over the blood sugar yeah and it's i think it's amazing what happens <clears throat> when you have the data 24 hours a day right because mm-hmm. then you can you can react to it or or like we were saying be proactive to it what are, what are how do i know if i'm getting diabetes how do i know if maybe i, I have it but i haven't been diagnosed what am i looking for well, I'll I'll do a, the high level. Um, the um, it depends on the different on, on the type of diabetes. You might mm-hmm. not if you're type two diabetes or you're developing <clears throat> diabetes during pregnancy, you may not have symptoms that come on um, uh, that are immediately identifiable because they get um, uh, sometimes they get confused with just life. You feel tired, um, you urinate a lot, you drink a lot of water, you don't have um, uh, energy. Maybe maybe a little weight loss, but not always, mm-hmm. and it. It is a slow, slow onset, but the um, uh, the blood test, going to the doctor or getting a screening, is the way, um, the best way for you to know if you are in the pre-diabetes or the diabetes range for type two diabetes. And for type one, uh, that onset, uh, those symptoms develop very quickly, and it is an accelerated uh, acceleration of um, uh, weight loss, tiredness, urination, and um, uh, probably leaving one or two of them out, where um, uh, within two to two to four days, um, you are in a critical situation. Um, it can, you can lapse into um, uh, unconsciousness seizures. Just from being so toxic and your body not getting rid of it? Yeah, so diabetes ketoacidosis is a life-threatening condition that occurs in type 1 diabetics from absolute deficiency of insulin for a period of time. And that is, like you said, very toxic yeah. situation. So, okay, so so what's next? So we've got the the artificial pancreas, but which is obviously leading to some technologies that we now know work, and in in some treatments that we know work. But what do you what do you see is next down the road for for battling this disease? Well, um, you know, the next generation of artificial pancreas is going to be where we go from hybrid technology, which is basically a pump and a sensor that works on their own but you interact with them by 
telling them information like mm-hmm. what your blood sugar is or what your your meal is going to be. Um, and so they're developing more rapid acting insulins now. And the next, the, the newest one is going to hit the market early next year in which when you give a shot of insulin or an infusion of insulin, the response to your blood sugar is so rapid that now you can have a real uh, artificial pancreas, which will take care of that increase in blood sugar that follows a meal without you telling the, the pump exactly how much yeah, it's carbs gonna you're going to eat. So the pump will be able to react fast enough um, to that elevation or lowering of blood sugar in such a real-time fashion that you don't have to necessarily interact with it. A little bit of artificial intelligence, huh? Exactly. That's pretty cool. So that's coming. And then there's also a research in pancreatic transplants and uh, beta cell transplants that are going to revolutionize treatments for type 1 diabetes. And they've been working on those for a while. The problem has been to how do you uh, prevent the body from destroying the new cells that you transplant into uh, into the the type one diabetic, or how do you prevent um, those uh, uh, cells from being rejected by the body? Yeah. <clears throat> wow. Okay. So, all right. So, so November is now the month for for awareness for all of this. What goes on in the month of November for the awareness? Well, there's a lot of uh, the, the, uh, the National Office of the ADA has been putting on a lot of shows and uh, entertaining talk shows, call-in shows. Uh, a lot of the hospitals put on their own diabetes awareness workshops and training. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the dietitians also, which is we mentioned earlier, food is a very important part. Yeah. It's also a big part in the cause of type sure. 2. Sure, sure. Uh, our habits and lifestyles are changing because of our technology age yeah. we're in. So a lot of that is bringing on a lot of the uh, the increase in epidemics sure. and diabetes. So now we've got to let people know we're bringing this on too, partly because of the way we're living. Right, right. And we've got to change our lifestyles and start eating more healthy. Yeah. Oh, uh, we're not doing that. Modified. I'm I'm bad about yeah. it. Look, oh, I'm, I'm the worst at it. Run out. We stop where at a fast food place. <laughs> I'm the first to hit whatever yeah. runway. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we just don't watch what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, and and we've got to educate people more to pay attention to their lifestyle yeah. and uh, and take those t- that time to take care of themselves. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A couple extra 15 minutes yes. in the morning. Right. I know Sacred Heart is a huge education piece to the to what you all do. And I, I want to add on to what Stanley's saying, and it's really important that um, everyone know that type 2 diabetes <clears throat> is preventable. And when you have, um, uh, when you are in that pre-diagnosis state, mm-hmm. um, the lifestyle changes of exercise and diet that lead to weight loss, and not even huge weight loss, we're talking 5% of your total body weight, has been shown to um, have an incredible impact on preventing the onset of type 2 diabetes. So that simple, changing that simple Whataburger to... um, (laughs) To not Whataburger, (laughs) or at least going for a run when I get home, right? There's always better choices, (laughs) you know, so... There's grilled chicken. (laughs) But there's chicken, there's there's salads, there Mm -hmm. are different things that you can get at the fast food, and uh, we, we teach... We teach a lot of um, classes on all of the options because you don't have to be 
Um, you, you don't have to be pristine in your diet. You don't have to just eat, you know, rabbit food all the time. Mm-hmm. You can make healthy, good choices from the foods that you like. And uh, it's about portion size. And there's a lot that goes with it. But that with diet without exercise is um, it's a little bit harder to get to where you want to go with yeah. um, staying healthy and losing weight. So yeah. we always uh, we always want to add it's discouraging, that. I think, because it takes so much longer and you, you don't see progress and then people right. get discouraged. And then your metabolism adjusts to however many calories a day you're eating. Right. And we see that especially um, especially in women and and um, um postmenopausal, yeah. uh, perimenopausal women. So we like it to be a total package of diet, exercise, stress, um, and um, healthy healthy habits. Yeah, uh, balance. Balance. Yeah, imagine that. Yeah. So, but don't skip a meal, right? It usually backfires on you. Yeah. I mean, on occasion, we're all busy and you get through, you know, you get through your day and you say, geez, I haven't had anything. But the plan... Food, food lasts in um, keeping your blood sugar steady for about four to six hours, yeah. depending on what you're eating. So every four to six hours, eat something healthy. Yeah. So if you're diabetic, you know, right? It, like you, you feel it when it's coming on, like when you need to eat and, and that kind of stuff? Or Oh, yes. Uh, so one of the manifestations of undiagnosed diabetes is polyphagia, where you want to mm-hmm. eat all the time. Yes. And that oh, I'm craving, always hungry. <laughs> and that craving for food has something to do with glucose and glucose metabolism. And how your blood sugars uh, vary in response to a meal. And does the type of uh, sugars? I was going to say, does it matter what type of food you're craving? So, yes. So basically, um, uh, when you're diabetic and you eat sweets, which you sometimes crave, it's sort of a vicious cycle, and it wants to your body to make more insulin, and then more insulin makes you want to eat more sugar. Yeah. And so it becomes a vicious cycle. But reality is that eat, uh, how we eat and and the time space between meals is very important in how your body handles calories. One of the things I wanted to mention before we finish is that uh, uh, Donna and uh, her team at Sacred Heart uh, play an important role in diabetics that are on the verge of becoming diabetic mm-hmm. and prediabetes, as we call it or diabetic, but uh, the other aspect of prevention of diabetes should be in our schools where we teach our kids healthy lifestyles, activity, yeah. and eating healthy. Our school food programs should be geared towards non, um, non-sugar non drinks yeah. and that type of thing. Yeah, actually healthy, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm, 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 sometimes I get scared when, when the kids tell me they're eating, eating lunch at school. So... Um, what else does Sacred Heart do? What do you all have going on now? Is Are, are there things that people can come see? Or, or do you have any education coming up? And how easy is it to get tested for diabetes? Um, we have, I have a, I have a full, full-time staff, dietitians, nurses, and we teach classes almost every day. You cannot, you can come in, make appointment. Uh, you need to work with your physician um, and get a referral through your, through your endocrinologist, through endocrinologist or primary care doctor and um and we'll we'll see you within within a week to a month depending on what your schedule if your schedule is yeah um we also have um uh um phone consults and many times patients will just call us and and ask us questions and typically what we end up doing is identifying something that maybe they're missing and pointing them back to to their physician yeah um and and getting them in for uh, for more training and education. Yeah. 
those diabetes prevention classes. We have them going in almost in every hospital now across the Gulf Coast and the Sacred Heart System and in Providence. And those classes have excellent results with weight loss and helping prevent, um, uh, keep the A1Cs down or the average blood sugars yeah. down and uh, prevent the diabetes. So it almost sounds to me like the plan to keep yourself regulated with diabetes may not even have to apply to those with diabetes. Like it sounds like it's a good plan. Like you're eating right, you're exercising, mm-hmm. you're taking care of yourself. You know, so maybe you just want to go just to educate yourself on that. Right. And it's not just diabetes. Diabetes doesn't doesn't exist in a silo. You, you've got cholesterol and blood pressure and yeah. there are other um, uh, there are other inflammation diseases Arthritis that go along with like it. That right. So overweight. that having yeah. that set, even the Cancer Society recommends many of the things that we recommend with more fruits and vegetables, uh, controlling the fruits, of course, and and um, uh, less red meat and less fat and uh, animal fat. And so there's there's a a lot of reasons to, to yeah. do the right thing with your diet. Yeah. So, and then find a good chef and, and you can, you can still live well, right? It doesn't have to be all, right. all pain and, and suffering. And that, I, I know this from a, for a fact. <laughs> and this is the key, identifying what you like to eat. Your yeah. Cultural foods, the foods you grew up with, the things that you don't want to give up. I find that sometimes that's the first thing that we'll tell, um, I will tell patients as well, you got to stop eating that. You like that? Well, don't eat that anymore. And that doesn't work. So we, right. we learned that about 30 years ago. So we don't, uh, we don't have the good food, bad food <clears throat> list anymore. We have the, the what, <laughs> moderation and more moderation. <laughs> well, we have the list. Everyone, you know, everyone has foods that they like, and there's typically a way that you can have them that, um, isn't going to clog your arteries and drive your blood sugars up. Yeah. Very good. Well, we are getting to the uh, to the end of time here, but is there anything else that you would like to let everybody know? Come see you, get a referral. Uh, well, uh, there are ways that you can get uh, referrals. There, are most of the hospitals in town, Sacred Heart Hospital, uh, West Florida Hospital, Baptist Hospital, have programs where you can call a nurse, talk to a nurse, and then she can give you a referral to one of their providers. And that's your gateway into the system if you think you have diabetes and you have the symptoms. But like Donna said uh, correctly, is that not all diabetes have the full-blown classic symptoms of diabetes. And therefore, if you're seeing your doctor on a regular basis and they're doing a fasting blood sugar every year, they can predict who are uh, at risk for diabetes. There's the metabolic syndrome in which your blood sugar is absolutely normal, uh, but you have things like belly fat and high triglycerides, hypertension, family history of diabetes, big babies that are predisposing factor to diabetes. And if you have those, you should be screened on a regular basis. Yeah, very cool. So um, if anybody wanted to find out anything else about what Medtronic's working on, where do we send them? Yeah, just as uh, two things. First of all, to that question, they can uh, always go to Medtronic, just Medtronic website, just yeah. for whatever Medtronic has multiple divisions they cover anywhere from cardiovascular disease to pain management to diabetes so yeah you guys are in the thick of it aren't you we are in the thick <laughs> of it. there's a lot going on at medtronic and uh, all good things but if they want to find out more about this it's it's also called there's a number it's an artificial pancreas but it's also called the 670g as in georgia okay that's what you would look for that and they can go to uh, medtronicdiabetes.com okay uh, locally so, like, once again, my name is Jeff Black, and um, they can just call me. My yeah. cell phone number is uh, 850-508-0811. I know that. Brave man I'm right just there. Saying, I don't mind. <laughs> Brave man. I get calls. I take them. I, it doesn't bother because, like, we're all working together. 
Yeah. We all do. And it doesn't bother me. It's, I mean, if I don't know what they need, I'll get them in the right place. Yeah. If it's race diabetes or whatever, I get all kind of calls. Yeah, I'm sure. It's a noble yeah. cause. Yes. And then, um, but getting to these guys is, is key also. You know, Donna's program, I've worked with them for a long time. They're first class. Yeah. And Dr. Bahari is also. So yeah. Cause you don't know what you don't know, right? You so don't know you, what you don't know. So yeah. you have to go. If in doubt, why does it hurt not to check it exactly. out? Exactly. Right? Yeah. I mean, we're only talking a little bit of blood, right? I don't be that much. Just go, <laughs> just go see. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, uh, uh, Doc, if anybody else is interested in, in your history or, or who you are and what you do, where's your practice? My practice is in, uh, North Davis Highway, 6061 North Davis Highway, Suite A, 10A. And our number is, uh, 850-208-3848. You can call. And the best way is to work through your primary care docs and ask for a referral to an endocrinologist. It doesn't have to be our office. And, uh, if you think you have diabetes or if you have predisposition to diabetes, we can get you on the right track to prevent the diabetes, which is probably the best, uh, thing. But if you have it already, we'll be happy to work with you, provide you the means to diagnose it and, and then come to a treatment. And like you said, uh, Donna, we, we tailor your treatment to you, the individual, and we work with you regardless of how you eat and how, what your lifestyle is. Yeah to match that with the individual so that we can uh, get better outcomes. Yeah, very neat. And I know you've got, your website's full of resources. Yes, sacredheart.org, sacred-heart.org. Yeah. Sacred Heart Pensacola, we're part of the Ascension Health System. Um, there's a lot of hospitals in in, um, in America that are Ascension Health, and many of them 86. Have, many of them have diabetes, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know this because I used to chef for them. And so when oh, Morrison's nice. took them over, we all got a real big wake up call oh. for taking on 86 hospitals in one shot. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's a lot of hospitals. That's a lot of healthcare facilities. So. I, I wanted to add also the American Association of Diabetes Educators. Um, they have a website. It's diabeteseducator.org and they have a list of all of their recognized education programs. By that, I mean the, re- the programs are following the standards of care of uh, for diabetes as established by the, the major diabetes organizations, a, um, American Diabetes Association in particular, and the ADA, the diabetes.org website, um, has a listing of, uh, you put in your zip code and it'll mm-hmm. tell you where you have a program close to you that you, that you can um, sign up for classes. Can you take any of those online? Can you do any of those There's, from there, your comfort there are, your home? There are on, online modules also, yes. Oh, see, that's very good. I know some people don't like to have to go to class. Exactly. Yeah. Very cool. I don't. I don't even know where to start with you, sir. <laughs> uh, trouble. No, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no uh, I would like to say a lot of these uh, technology that we have talked about today yeah. is not free. It yeah. takes a lot of billions of dollars, uh, and this is something that we need. Uh, the American Diabetes Association needs advocates. Yep. Uh, this doesn't happen without funding. And through the uh, NIH and CDC uh, and the American Diabetes Association also donates and get funds out these yeah. funding projects. And we need this is a time when our governments are trying to cut back on budgets. Uh, insulin has tripled since 2002. Wow. Cost of that. It, there's things that are we need help from. Not only the patient standpoint from, but from everyone. Sure. Since it's a growing epidemic. 
because it's now affecting one in every 11 people. And I suggest that you go to the website diabetes.org and get yeah. involved. Yeah. And get your kids involved. Yes. You get involved. Get up and go for a walk. My mom always said, put the fork down. <laughs> and I grew up Italian, so that's hard to do. <laughs> so um, I want to thank all of you for coming in today. It, this has been a, a lovely conversation, and I'm, I'm very proud that that uh, we've been able to do the proclamation and, and to get that done and get the governor to sign things and hopefully um, get you guys some great exposure and really get some more backing behind all of this. It's important work that you all are doing, and I appreciate you sharing it with me. Thank you. Thank you. So you guys can find us at Picola X, Picola Radio X on Twitter. You can find us at Picola BRX on Facebook, or you can find us on our webpage at Pensacola.BusinessRadioX.com. And this has been Pensacola Business Radio, where business is good and your work matters.